Welcome to the Burbs Minute Podcast, quite possibly the greatest smelling salts movie ever made. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkutch. In this episode, we're covering Minute 73 of the Burbs, which begins with Ray asking Rumsfeld why he didn't go up there, and ends with Rumsfeld congratulating Art. We are joined once again by the Trivia Master General, Jason Hawk. Help, they've kidnapped me. <laughs> and we will let you go if you can get this trivia question right. <laughs> I'm prepared. <laughs> all right. Well, good, because your level of preparation won't matter at all. You're basically going to have to guess, and you're going to have little to no chance. You know, it's the best kind of trivia question. Chris, I'll let you uh, try this one, too. So the Burbs, yeah, came out in 19, I, the Burbs came out in 1989. It was the uh, 34th highest-grossing movie of that year. Now, I could give you a t- an easy one and ask you what the highest-grossing movie is, but I'm not going to. I'm going to name uh, three other movies. You have to tell me which one didn't make as much money as The Burbs. The Burbs, for reference, made $36 million. Those movies are Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, Weekend at Bernie's, Tango and Cash. Which movie did not make as much money as The Burbs? This feels like a trick question. Let's talk our (laughs) way through this. Tango and Cash has Kurt Russell, and Kurt Russell movies uh, sometimes struggle. So that's a good contender, but... I mean, on the other hand, that's a Sly Stallone movie. Right, right. No, I'm going to rule that one out. I'm going to rule that one out. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Weekend at Bernie's. Really? See, I was thinking, I was thinking, I think he was trying to trick us with the Star Trek because they always made money, and maybe that one didn't do as well. I'm going with Star Trek. Well, it came right after Star Trek Four, or subtitled Star Trek: The One with the Whales. So I think <laughs> people were riding high. I think probably it made fine box office money. It, it just uh, it failed when it went to VHS. Oh. So, Tango and Cash made $63 million, nearly doubling the Burbs, 36. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, made $52 million, which left Weekend at Bernie's with a measly $30 million. (laughs) I almost threw, my other one I was going to put in there was Karate Kid Part 3. Oh, no. Which made $37 million. It made, like, just slightly more, but I felt like that was cutting a little too close. Now, with due respect to Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman, uh, Weekend at Bernie's got its fair share of VHS watches at the oh, yeah. Hawk household. Uh, I saw Weekend at Bernie's 2 in the movie theater. I constantly, in my dotage, forget which one is Weekend at Bernie's and which one is Weekend at Bernie's 2. Weekend at Bernie's 2, they bring him back to life with a voodoo curse. Okay. And that's different from the first one, how? <laughs> they don't bring him back at all in the first one. He's just a dead body. Well, because in the second one, he can move on his own accord. He moves the on first his own one in the second one. Yeah. And then you have the whole deal with the, uh, the, the the witch doctor. Yeah. That's all the second one. The first one is just they keep moving him around. He somehow has sex with somebody in it, <laughs> which is not weird at all. They weren't even supposed to be there today. <laughs> Very nice. It was the best she ever had, though. He was just waiting. <laughs> all right. I think we've talked about enough movies. That's not true. I could talk forever about movies. Like, I, somebody asked me, somebody had sent a message into us and asked me uh, if I was looking up the movies we were talking about. And I was like, no, I just had a misspent youth. <laughs> <laughs> I actually usually mention that you didn't look it up. I, I mention it specifically when I have to look something up because it irritates me to no end. Were you a big child, Jeff? No, I was not. What do you think? Oh. I was like 400 pounds? <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> I like. I like when Jeff goes, and I'm not even going to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do that sometimes, too. 
listen, <laughs> some things just aren't worth looking up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, do you have to – some stuff is, like, annoying and you got to look it up and you're like, I just have to know this. Other stuff, I'm too far along in life to look up at this point. Like, yeah, I don't care. Moving on. All right, so – oh, I didn't notice this before. Art actually has his name on his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> he's got art right down the front of it. That's why I'm saying, I mean, he's a true capitalist. He he has these costumes. These are costumes that he's commissioned. He's keeping his closet full of village people costumes. So when he opens up his closet, does he have like a Batman level of <laughs> outfits in there? Like the Lego Batman movie where he can just, they just all file through? The I think there's shirts. probably, from left to right, it's like Indian Princess and then <laughs> oh, um, oh. Stormtrooper. And then he's got one that's like a Spaceship Captain. Yeah, like Mariachi Band. Mariachi band, that's a good one. That's a good one. Crocodile. Uh, he's got half of a, one of the horse costumes. <laughs> just the head part? He's got just the head. He needs somebody to be the, the rear end. <laughs> but yeah, I can see that. He just turns it on. It just goes by, <laughs> circling by, like he's a dry cleaners. you got to wonder what psychological condition he has. Like what emotional deficit Art has that he's wrestling with that he needs to supplant his normal life with these fantasy outfits. You know what I think would help to know that is if we ever got to meet his wife. Yeah. What's his wife like? Now, is she like the other wives where she's kind of down to earth and normal? Or is she like crazy to like an 11? I don't know. Remember we talked about she set him loose on the neighborhood with a gun after the crows, but we weren't sure she'd know about the gun. But that's not what she did. She told him to get rid of the crows. Yeah. She didn't say grab an air rifle that sounds suspicious. She's like an actual rifle and start shooting the neighborhood up. Right. Try to shoot Ray in the head with it. Well, he was asking for it. I think she's disaffected, and her absence during the movie is she's actually visiting her mother. Oh, that's always where, a, the death knell of your marriage. Exactly, and she's while she's out there, she's visiting a divorce attorney. <laughs> well, maybe that's where Carol went too. She dropped uh, she dropped the boy off at the uh, up at the lake, and she went to go see her lawyer. That's why she was so ready and willing to pull out in that. Uh, what was it? A Honda? No, it's a Jeep, isn't it? Yeah, it's some sort of Jeep wagon type thing. The family yeah, truckster. She seemed very happy to be pulling out of there. Well, aren't we all happy when we're pulling out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Art somehow doesn't die. I didn't look it up, but I feel like if you cut a power line, you're dead. Or at least in worse shape than he ends up. Right. Well, I mean, even not just the the electric shock, but the fall could have killed him. <laughs> yeah, the fall. Well, how far do you think it is from an, uh, the top of an electrical thing to the bottom? Uh, is it 25 feet? That's got to be, right? I mean, it, don't worry, that wooden shed breaks his fall. <laughs> it feels like more than that. This is this is the payoff minute. I mean, they waste no time in punishing Art for everything that he's been. I, I felt like it was more like 50 feet, because you're, you're counting. Just like when you drop a penny down a well, you're counting the seconds before he hits. <laughs> yeah, he does fall for a long time. And he, his fall is broken by a wooden shed roof, which would not break your fall, and some weird garden implements, which, if anything, would just make it worse. Right, you think he would have got stabbed by something. Oh, yeah, he's walking out of there impaled. Or oh, yeah. more accurately, he's not walking out of there. Yeah, he's not walking out of there. He's being probably helicoptered out of there. But, of course, when he does exit the door, he's smoking, and his nails are black. I mean, he's showing his real inner goth. Yes, and his plastic helmet has melted, which I'm not sure how that happened, but I'm not sure about the thermodynamics behind that. Ray wants him to get an ambulance on the walkie-talkie. Yeah. <laughs> well, he said he gets the police channels. He should be able to yeah. get a friggin' ambulance. ambulance. But they don't call the ambulance. No, they That's no. the thing. 
they must not like art very much. Yeah, he didn't need an ambulance. He was fine. I mean, the sizzling and stuff, that was all normal. Yes, yeah, it's normal to have smoke pouring off of you. I, I do like <laughs> that they're asking him, can you stand up? Can you use your legs? He just walked yeah. out of there. <laughs> he took a joke, but I took a joke, but I'm okay. That's what he said. He's walking it off with the same amount of, like, not caring as I am if I accidentally stick my finger in the socket. <laughs> yeah. And you get, like, a quick jolt, and you're like, ooh. Uh, that and still sinks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I accidentally touched the electrical connector of an F-15 one time. Ooh. And and that didn't feel good. <laughs> We're talking yeah. about permanent damage here, though. I mean, his nerve endings are probably all dead. Guy's probably going to have problems with nails falling off eventually. Uh, his head is smoking, which means probably his eardrums have burst. Oh, yeah. The fact that there's not blood rushing out of his ears right now is uh, is amazing. I'm, or I, eye sockets. Yes, or pretty much everywhere on his body. Every orifice is bleeding at this point. Every place that they tape up before they put you in the electric chair, right? Like He's going to lose all of his hair. <laughs> I tried to look at it like the best point of view of like maybe he didn't. Maybe he hit something and it sparked and it blew him back, but he can't because he's taken a lot of damage here. No, he should be hurt way worse than he is. But like you said, we're into Looney Tunes logic now where nobody ever gets injured. People just get hurt. You can get hurt a lot. You just never get injured. Nothing permanent. You walk it off. I mean, compared to what um, Ray is going to walk off later, this is nothing. Yeah, this is nothing. And then there's Rumsfeld who expected Art to fail the whole time, and now he's just laughingly pleased that Art is managing to cut off the alarms. Like, he doesn't care about Art. No, he, he doesn't well, care about the injuries. He, he's just like, by God, he did it. He's a military man. He's worried about results. He didn't care about his wife screaming from the kitchen when they were in Walter's house either. Yeah, he said jackpot. He heard yeah, his wife scream <laughs> and he went jackpot. Which, at the time, I pointed out that he was a sociopath at that point. Because <laughs> if your wife is in the other room of a house you think someone has been murdered in, and you hear her scream, and you yell, jackpot, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong with you. Is there and, such a thing as reverse PTSD, where instead of being really shaken by, by your experiences in war, you're just emboldened by them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. There is. He's got that. Um, I've heard it referred to as something along the lines of like Rambo syndrome. Uh-huh. Where you, you can't let it go. Oh, clearly. I mean, that's Rumsfeld all over. Yeah. Oh, no, he's totally fine. You know, the average person carries around a rifle and beret and military stuff and is carrying smelling salts on them for some reason. <laughs> and, and, and uses them improperly. Why? That's the proper time you, you don't want them to pass out. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't look like he was going. Did it, he didn't pass out. No, it helps keep you conscious. You don't have to use it just because you're passing out. It also gives you a little uh, little pep. So would, would you say, Chris, you wanted to know more about smelling salts? I've got you. about smelling salts? Smelling salts, also known as ammonia inhalants, spirit of hartshorn, or sal volatile are chemical compounds used for arousing consciousness or in movies used to magically bring people back from unconsciousness <laughs> because that's, that's the main th- yeah it, people are like completely unconscious and they use these and they they're supposed to help you come to a little bit not come back from like getting hit over the head with like a two by four and wake you up I thought it's the narcan of its time yes <laughs> smelling salts are often used on athletes particularly boxers but um you'll see them all the time if you ever watch the National Football League, you'll see him using it all the time on the sidelines. A million become... years ago, when I was in college, I, I had a, a on-campus job in the tech department, but it wasn't like a cushy one in front of a computer. It was out in construction projects, taking cable through like buildings that were half-built and hooking up internet stuff. And I had a boss at that time who carried around smelling salts because you would get so sweaty in these weird enclosed spaces pulling cable 
that uh, and that's not a euphemism. We were actually pulling cat cat five cable. The more I'll edit around that, make it sound worse. <laughs> <laughs> but he would carry around smelling salts, so when guys would start to pass out, he'd just whip them out. And I think that's the only time. And whip them out, just keep on repeating that. <laughs> that's the only time I've seen smelling salts salts out in the wild. Uh, I have seen them almost in the same situation when I was overseas in extremely hot environments. They would have them, but they would also carry around uh, IV bags. And they would have to teach, not pretty much, they would, out of every group of 20 guys, they would teach two or three of them how to do IVs, people that weren't medical, because same thing, people would, you, people would just pass out. They just, they're out there working all day, 10 hours in the sun, it's 110 degrees, and you'd be like, hey, where's Bob at? Oh, there he is, face down. <laughs> Wake him up. <laughs> and then they would try something like smelling salts and like, oh, he's not coming around, get the IV, start putting some cold packs under his arms, so uh, we need to take this guy into the air conditioning, into the one building with air conditioning. Holy crap. Oh, good times. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, he would drink like an entire case of water and never go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's like, not good. That's healthy, right? That's good for you. There's a story that prompts me to say in all seriousness, thank you for your service, Jeff Ferry. Yeah. Yeah, well, I did far more service then than now. Because you would not catch me dead in 110 degree heat anywhere. Oh, I'll send you the picture of me uh, laying in a hardened aircraft shelter asleep on a pile of bombs. <laughs> Didn't you say the bathrooms had um, pee charts where you could tell if you were dehydrated, too? Yeah, they had, like, little tags up there. If your pee is this color, you need to see the doctor. <laughs> and yours was neon red. Yeah, that's healthy, right? That's from sleeping on them bombs. It was yeah. half sand. Well, you see, the thing is, the bombs came from underground, so they were cold. Oh, I got you. So you would lay on them. They just were a little dusty, so, you know, you might get a little, little trouble breathing. Ah, no problem. Well, what's the worst that can happen? They go off, you're never going to notice. <laughs> no, you're never going to know. So what you're saying is that you weren't nervous. No. <laughs> Can't worry about that type of stuff. Eh, there was a couple close calls. We'll talk about it when we weren't on here, though. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple times when my heartbeat went up a little bit more, but not doing that. You know, it's sitting on the ground. And it's been sitting there for the last 30 years. I'm pretty sure it's not going off today. <laughs> totally unrelated to the burbs, my closest kind of encounter like that was visiting my uncle while he was in the Air Force before he uh, before he did retire. He was stationed up on the North Dakota-Minnesota border, and his job at that point was decommissioning ICBM silos. Oh, that's good work. So he took us in. I don't know how he got the clearance to do it, but I was like maybe 11 or 12 at the time. He's like, yeah, come on out to the base. We'll show you what I do. So he took us down into the silo uh, where there were like basically ticker tape computers that were operating these these old Soviet era silos. And, and the math that they threw at us was, um, oh, yeah, if we ever detect an attack from the Soviet Union, because this was right about the time, I think, that the wall fell, maybe a little bit before. But the Soviet it wasn't, Union it wasn't 2007. Attack. No, it wasn't 2007. <laughs> if, I mean, it might as well have been for all the technology gap that there was. But he's like, oh, yeah, um, it, it would take them like eight minutes to get here, and it takes us 13 minutes to launch these. So good luck. <laughs> well, here's the uh, the great thing about having really old technology, because I'll tell you right now, those have not been updated. <laughs> that technology is so old, it's unhackable. Wow. It can't it, – people worry about people breaking in and being able to get to the launch codes. No, they can't because how are you going to launch into it? How are you going to hack into it? It's not hooked to anything, and nobody has that technology anymore. Huh. It's because we were savvy enough to foretell the coming of the Cylons. Yes. Yeah. If you want to know how well the silos work, um, watch the first 15 minutes of War Games. 
But I remember sitting there, uh, like maybe 20 feet away from a huge missile. And you know this probably, but uh, I had no idea that they were this tall. But it was like, you know, 100 feet tall Yes. in this silo, sitting there. And you're thinking, this could go off any time. I could be <laughs> fried by, uh, by, by booster exhaust. <laughs> Yeah, it, we used to, people used to worry about that with like either the bombs or like the nukes or whatever. Like, what are you gonna do? I mean, the best place to be is right next to it. The place you don't want to be is like you under know, it, half a mile <laughs> away from it. You don't want to be hurt really bad, but not totally gone. You just oh, gotta be right there. You just want to be able to get. The, yeah. You can just the only word you can get out is oh, and that's it. <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> suffer the least, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of suffering. <laughs> our, our, our boy's suffering has started. Art is the first one to be um, punished for his crimes. Yeah. So he's touching his fillings, with, making a nice sizzling sound while he's doing it. <laughs> so at this point, the only thing we know is that he took out the alarm. What right. we don't know is that he has taken out the power all over town. Also, at this point, uh, Rumsfeld goes, I'm going to go set up a communication base. What? Yeah. How about you get over the fence and help us? No, he takes off again. <laughs> I think I this is a really neat nuance for his character because he is a chicken. He won't go up the ladder. He won't stay to help them dig. He's the guy who's taking cover in camo where he can't be seen. <laughs> and I'll have you know, his communication base on the scale of 1 to 10 effectiveness is about a 2. Oh, yeah. The, the one time where they truly need communication, it doesn't work, which is <laughs> not really his fault. But how much leeway was – or how much head time was he really going to give you for the, the Klopak showing up? He's on his roof. He can see them around the corner. He's only going to give you, what, 20 seconds? Yeah, 20 start? seconds most. If yeah. he was standing in his front lawn, what was he going to give you? 17 seconds? It's not like being up there helps you. <laughs> That's, gonna That's get enough you time for them to fill all the holes in the backyard, to scale the wall, to reconnect the power. Yeah, they're going to be good. Honestly, when it all goes down later, Ricky does more to, to buy them time than he does. <laughs> he is next to worthless. I mean, he could at least shoot their tires out or something. That would certainly slow them down. Yeah, what's the gun for if he's just going to sit up on the roof with it? Because he's up there. He needs his gun. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if I'm going to be up on the roof, I need my gun. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine that now? You see your neighbor up on the roof with a gun. I mean, they, up there in camo. That guy's on the news within yeah. 90 seconds. <laughs> he's trending on Twitter. <laughs> Lunatic Swat on the roof. Team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a whole thing. There's going to be a police standoff. They're going to have an old army... Uh, troop transport that's been given to the local sheriff's department pull up. <laughs> They're going to have the street closed off for two miles all around. Yeah, they'll have to call in the, the SWAT team from the local, uh, whatever the na- nearest major city is, from Des Moines or whatever. Yeah, and those are details that I'm actually pulling from experience, not as the shooter, but as the journalist covering the shooter, which <laughs> I've had to do on a disturbingly frequent basis. We're yeah. pulling that from our lives of living in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in Philadelphia, so. <laughs> Again, oh, so you know. You know all about it. Oh, stop it, Chris. Chris, listen, I, I'm going to correct you every time you say it. I know you You grew up where now? <laughs> I grew up in Kensington, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Kensington, if you need to know what it looks like, is where Uncle Paulie lives. Yeah. It's the streets you see on the news if you're anywhere in the tri-state area. <laughs> was, was that the west side of Philadelphia? Yeah. Well, it's where he was born and raised? <laughs> Did you spend an inordinate amount of time on schoolyard playgrounds? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and then instead of moving to Bel Air, he moved to Jersey. Yeah. Definitely a step down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry, we're on the good side. 
<laughs> Ohio might be bad, but we still call New Jersey the armpit of the world. You. <laughs> You're not cultured out there. <laughs> I'm out here with, uh, you know, I'm on one of the coasts, so, you know, I'm, I'm a cultured people. We're not, we're not one of the flyover states. As a matter of fact, they just changed the official motto of Cleveland from, from uh, ah, crap, we're in Cleveland, to at least we're not Jersey. <laughs> well, you could change it to at least at least we're not Camden. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Camden's a fun town. Look that up sometimes. It'll really help. If you're ever feeling bad about Cleveland or Columbus, about your murder rates, just look Camden up. <laughs> it's a great city. It's kind of like if you, it's like Detroit, only just that little extra bit worse. So half of it has been reclaimed by the, by nature at this point. If by nature, like, it's it's pretty much it's like half abandoned, and the rest of it is the wild west. If you want to call like old tires and hypodermic needles nature, then yeah, it was reclaimed by nature. The cops don't uh, go in there. I'm just gonna assume that it's basically verbatim, episode four of the X Files, Jersey Devil, <laughs> where it's the edge of Atlantic City and you got homeless uh, shanty town that fades into wetlands and forest lands inhabited by carnivorous creatures. Uh, it won't be surprising because Atlantic City, you have all dirt that lives down there, and then it goes right into the pine barrens where all the pineys live. Yeah, and the Jersey Devil. Yeah, and the Jersey Devil. <laughs> totally real, by the way. Yeah, I'm on board with See, that. Seen them? Not a real thing. Cryptozoology's <laughs> totally crypto bunk. Yeah. <laughs> the Philadelphia Zoo will offer a hundred thousand dollars if you can yeah. show them the Jersey Devil. They've had that out since uh, like 1901. No That's one has not yet the Jersey claimed. Devil. These are balls. <laughs> <laughs> no one has yet claimed the prize. All right, so I think we covered all three of my notes I had for this minute. <laughs> I think we answered all the trivia I had. I think we uh, we delved deep into smelling salts. Uh, do you, either of you guys have anything else? I was struggling to come up with silos. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have nothing. Yeah, that, this was kind of the, this this moment's like a breather yeah. between him smashing through and then getting into their uh, next bit of shenanigans. <laughs> all right, so we'll start wrapping it up for this minute. Uh, Burbs minute. Go over to Facebook. Go over to Twitter. If uh, you find a little time in your schedule, go over to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. Uh, supposedly they help you. I don't know in what way. Come on, help us out. Uh, move us from one of the, uh, you know, maybe we can move up in the um, movie by minutes uh, world. We can actually yeah. get on some people's radar. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little off the radar right now. We're not doing a, a large franchise movie like some people are. Right. Which was my choice because I was not getting involved in like an eight eight movie thing. Like, God bless them. There's people doing the Harry Potter Minute and the Lord of the Rings Minute. Uh, I mean, that's like a marriage. Well, it's not only eight movies for Harry Potter, but they're all 16 hours long. Right. God, yeah. Lord of the Rings, and they're doing the extended editions of Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Well, my question with both of them is, if you do Harry Potter, do you keep going? Do you do Fantastic Beasts? If you're doing Lord of the Rings, do you – oh, God, do you do Hobbit? (laughs) You can't, right? Because I would would have to do – I would do the Hobbit, you know – June. 30-minute thing. Yeah, I'll do the Hobbit cartoon first. Yeah. <laughs> Hobbit's terrible. Well, yeah, you could do the Hobbit cartoon, and then you yeah. can listen to Brother Theodore as Gollum. <laughs> That's right. All right. So... There's two Hobbit cartoons. There's the Hobbit cartoon and the Lord of the Rings follow-up. Yeah, I think Lord of the Rings was the one that Brother Theodore is in. He plays Gollum. That would be Uncle Reuben. He plays Gollum in this almost. All right, uh, Jason, where can the fine people find you? If they're so inclined, they can head on over to the Atomic Trivia War 9000 on SoundCloud or on iTunes, really anywhere where you can get podcasts. You can probably find us there. 
Or if you want to talk to us, hang out with us, have fun with us, maybe have a little bit of trivia, depending on how uh, how we're doing that day, you can head over to facebook.com slash ATW9K. That's A as in atomic, D as in trivia, W as in war, and 9K as in 9,000. See how clever that is, Jeff? That's pretty clever. That's pretty clever. I know. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> but you can do that. Or you can talk to us on Twitter. Uh, my handle's at TriviaHawk. So that's it for us. I'm going to go set up a communications base, but you guys stay safe, neighbors.